Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is AJ Let's Talk Sports on the Spotify podcast. And we're going to go into the top headlines. The uh, NCAA votes to give extra year of eligibility to Division I fall athletes. So Heather Dinich, ESPN senior writer, she wrote today, by the way, it's August 21st, uh, close to 7 p.m., she wrote this at 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. The NCAA Division I Board of Directors voted Friday to give all fall sports student-athletes an additional year of eligibility and an additional year to complete it through a blanket waiver. Now, this is the first time I'm kind of reading this. I kind of went over it a little bit reading it before I started this podcast, but I'm trying to figure out what is it going to do with the freshmen? Uh, other people might understand all this. Okay, the move eliminates a cloud of uncertainty for athletes in fall sports whose seasons have been postponed or could be disrupted because of the ongoing coronavirus. Uh, still a possibility with college football in six FBS conferences. And we all know Ohio State is not going to be playing this season. So I'm, I'm just, we've talked about this before, I think a week ago, and we were just, we kind of hinted at, hinted at it, and I'm kind of wondering, um, man, I'm just worried about the freshmen that are coming in. Now, do they get like a redshirted, now say if they get redshirted, do they get a five-year eligibility or a four-year eligibility? You're, you're going to ruin these different scholarships for all these other kids coming in. I, I don't know how it's going to work, to be honest. I really don't. The board on Friday, she's also talking here, the board on Friday also determined that schools can't require student-athletes to waive their legal rights regarding COVID-19 as a condition of participation. Schools are also prohibited from canceling or reducing scholarships if an athlete decides not to participate because of COVID-19. Okay, West Virginia Athletic Director Shane Lyons who is the chair of the Football Oversight Committee, said the top question he has received from student-athletes has been regarding their eligibility during a season of uncertainty. And I quote, Lyons is saying here, quoting, by providing clarity and removing that uncertainty from their minds is something that's going to be very beneficial as we move forward, unquote. So, all the Lyons called it, a win for the student-athletes. He acknowledged that it could be difficult to manage scholarships and rosters of future teams, which is what I'm talking about right now. Thank you, Mr. Lyons of West Virginia, athletic director, to try to... He's not even trying... I don't know what to say. If I was growing up, if I was like a five-star you know, prospect stud growing up, coming in as a freshman, this would probably be the worst time. I mean, unless they try to change it to one and done, maybe change it, which they will not allow you to just go straight from high school to pro. They obviously made that clear. So that's not going to happen. I This is a good article. Um, I also would like to dive deeper more into what is the freshman's going to do. If you're understanding what I'm coming from, you know, you got your seniors going maybe to NFL and all that. You got your juniors possibly going to NFL and all that. 
You got, yeah, you're going to give another year of eligibility. But what about the freshmen that are coming in? You say you redshirt a freshman. Is, is a redshirting not an option anymore? We can't redshirt this year because we're already given a year eligibility. Uh, I, I don't want to park here for a little bit because we have more stuff to talk about today. Uh, this is going to be a longer segment. Sorry to disappoint, but we're, you can also check me out for fast news on Mondays on YouTube. I've said it already on YouTube, so I'm just going to keep going. We do have the top headlines to talk about, and this is one of them with the NCAA votes. I, I honestly don't know what to say. Let's move on to the next topic. Trailblazers, Zach Collins needs season ending ankle surgery. The Portland Trailblazers are down yet one more starter, losing power forward Zach Collins to a season-ending surgery of his left ankle. This was announced today. He has a hairline medial mala. Oh boy, I'm not a doctor. It's an airline stress fracture. Uh, he averaged uh, seven points and six rebounds in 11 games this season. But he also missed last season as well to a left shoulder surgery. So, but he returned for the NBA's restart in Luke Buena Vista, Florida, and helped the Blazers reach the Western Conference Finals with a play-in victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, so Collins leaves the Blazers, who are tied 1-1 one and one in an opening round playoff series with the Los Angeles Lakers. More vulnerable on the front line against LA's size and skill. This was written by Adrian Wojnarowski. Is that how you say that? Senior NBA uh, insider. If that's him, I've probably heard of him before because Adrian Wojnarowski sounds familiar. So I'm getting the information right here off of the ESPN. We're going to talk about that for a little bit. Not a big Memphis or a Trailblazers fan. Not that big of an LA Lakers fan. I'm not watching in the NBA playoffs. I'm not one of those guys that are going to sit down and cry about it or anything like that. I just, I'm busy. Um, I'm really upset that the football, the college football, Ohio State is not playing. Really bummed. We were supposed to be starting our season opener two weeks from now, two Thursdays from now. It was like September 3rd or September 5th. We were supposed to be starting. No I'm still trying to get over the fact and my mental that there's no, there's not going to be any college football all year long. I, I just can't get over it. Oh man. Does that, if that doesn't just as a sports fan, especially as an Ohio state Buckeyes fan, if that doesn't just quench you and make your just insides flip upside down. I don't I don't know what to tell you. You're not a true Buckeye. It's disheartening. I have a lot of Ohio State Buckeye stuff all around me right now. I have pictures, hats, jerseys. Let's not get into all the memorabilia that we've spent money on these organizations and not even have any games 
what was that guy that I don't even want to talk about because I can't remember and I don't want to look it up. I'm not going to just keep going on that one. Man, that makes me mad. It's something with one of this football. It's the Big Ten. Oh, it's the Big Ten commissioner. His son playing for Mississippi State, I believe, Bulldogs, which is my favorite dog, by the way. English Bulldog. Love them. If anyone wants to buy me one, that'd be great. Put it as a donation. Put it on the uh, taxes and have them as a write-off. Thank you very much. Uh, So, anyway, I was joking. But seriously, if you want to give me an English Bulldog, that'd be great. So, Ohio State Commissioner, I forgot, I don't know his name, but his son plays for Mississippi State, and they're actually playing. So, the Big Ten's commissioner, Big Ten commissioner says no for the football season, but he's, his son's playing in a whole season, 10-game season. If that's not hypocritical, I don't know what is, but again, you can. there's a left and a right and a middle to every conversation or discussion and opinion that we have, and that's what makes the world go round, but you can also say, well, he's an adult now, and that kid chose to do that, and it's not his father's business, really, but, or it could be, maybe his dad said, maybe asked him not to play, we're not going to play in the Big Ten. That's a whole nother uh, shebang there, but next headline, Phil the Thrill Mickelson. Let's see where he's at here. Phil Mickelson to prep for U.S. Open by making PGA Tour Champions debut next week. Making PGA Tour Champions debut next week. Looks like that he's going to go on the senior tour. Phil Mickelson, okay. And I don't know how to say this guy's last name, but we're going to... This is all off ESPN. uh, Norton, Massachusetts. Nick from ESPN.com. Phil Mickelson has work to do before next month's U.S. Open at Winged Foot. The site of one of his most bitter major championships disappointments after a second round 68 at the Northern Trust on Friday put him firmly outside the cut and effectively ended his season. He has only one place to do it, the PGA Tour Championship. Now that I... Okay, this is a quote from Phil Mickelson. Now that I missed the cut and have two weeks of essentially... I'm hopefully going to go play the Champions event Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Okay. Another tweet from Phil. This is this is uh, his tweet here. I'm going to play the Champions event this Monday. I've been playing well and I want to play. I wish I was playing in Chicago next week, but excited to play for my first Champions event. By missing the cut at the Northern Trust Mixon, who entered the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs in 67th place, will fall outside the top 70 and will not be eligible for next week's BMW Championship. So he's not even eligible. But he's going to be playing in the U.S. Open on the Senior Tour. That's pretty cool. So he's going to be, you know, we're all getting older. That's definite. I used to watch him growing up. Left being left-handed, he was one of my favorites. Um, and then I then Bubba came out, and he's, Bubba's pretty much my favorite. He I don't know what he's doing, what's going on with him. He hasn't won anything this year. Uh, he wasn't even in the top twenty or whatever in a while. I, I still don't know what happened. 
So we're gonna keep moving on. I, I, I kind of wanted to talk about Phil Mickelson, but I, I thought it was a different story than what I've, I've read in the begin with. So we're gonna, gonna keep moving on. We're gonna go to the NBA. We're gonna keep it in Ohio. And we're gonna talk about, okay, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They got the uh, fifth pick in the NBA draft. And I'm trying to look up some of the news and stuff that I wanted to talk about. And, but it was just a, okay, we're going to talk about Alfonso uh, McKinney plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Where did he go to college at? He went to Eastern Illinois Panthers men's basketball. Green Bay Phoenix men's basketball. So I guess that's what's going on right now. Cleveland Cavaliers. Get the fifth pick. Uh, Thursday, which is not the ideal scenario. I think they wanted to get the first round, first pick. Uh, we'll take a look at the that impact of the future, landing that number five in the 2020 NBA draft is a sigh of relief for Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Um, this drop to number five in the 2020 NBA draft also means seemingly a greater chance for the Cavs potentially making a trade. That brings up a good point. So they might trade up um, to get a better draft pick. So, we'll see what happens on the uh, for the next season for the Col- uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're really not that great. <laughs> I understand that. Uh, but we were just going to go ahead and talk about the uh, Ohio sports. I'm not always going to talk about the Browns. I'm not a big Browns fan. Everybody knows if you know me, uh, listen to me. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. So on the NFL, we uh, skipped over the Cleveland Browns on this segment for reasons unknown. <laughs> Let's just say that. Okay, next, Columbus Blue Jackets. We're sticking with Ohio. Columbus Blue Jackets. Jackets, they lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. All right, here it's uh, SB Nation lightning round. Are Blue Jacket fans done with John Tortorella? This was written this morning. After a 4-1 beatdown by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, so I'm not really following that much of the NHL, but we're going to talk about it. Dan Hamilton off USA Today Sports. Last summer, we spent the human months suffering in many ways. Thought pieces came out about Coach John Cooper along the lines of this one published yesterday by our Sports Nation friends at Jackets Cannon. One, on one hand, Tor- Tor- I don't even know how to say his name. Tortorella's coaching led them to the second round last season and a playoff berth for four years in a row. On the other hand, uh, 
Should the Blue Jackets keep Tortorella as head coach? Perhaps playing offensive players more would have given Columbus more of a chance. A quick look at the series indicates that the problem might lie deeper than deployment and head straight to coaching systems. Okay, there are several reasons that stand out to move on from Torts. The filing chief among them, improper utilization of his players, uh, lack of adjustments from game to game, lowers the ceiling of the roster overall, and inconsistent teaching moments. Every coach has players they ride, but you didn't see John Cooper playing Pat Morin big minutes. He trusted his offensive players to eventually create opportunities, and they did. Torts could learn a thing or two. Play your best guys in offensive uh, positions. So there's your point and counterpoint. This was written by Dan Hamilton again on USA Today Sports. It's a good little article. Here's a um, Twitter account quote by Corey Schnatzer. Uh, the uh, Blue Jacket Lightning Series recap. Columbus did what they could to make this series close by being opportunistic. With their chances, Tampa Bay outplayed them so much in every other category that it ended up not mattering, though. Special teams especially. So, yeah, 5-on-4 five shots, 39-37. That was pretty close. 5-on-5 um, five five zone entries. Tampa Bay was killing them, 432-349. So, that's a, that's, there's a lot of stats I can read on here. I don't want to bore you with a bunch of stats. So, the season ended for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, we can actually watch a Ohio NHL team now. I'm kind of wanting to go to one of the games. Eh, let's throw it out there. You want to watch one of the, uh, you want to give me some tickets to the Columbus Blue Jackets for next season? Hey, I ain't mad at you. That would be great. I've never even been to a hockey game. Not even like uh, just like there's a Dayton where I'm where I'm from. There's a um, well. I don't even think it's there anymore. Dayton Dayton Bombers. I don't think it's even there. No, it is not. So forget about that one. But. For the Columbus Blue Jackets, that would be sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. I guess there's the Cincinnati Cyclones, like the IHL, International Hockey League. I'd like to go to that. Okay. Another big, big headline here. It's not even at, we're not even at to where I want to top the topic of the day. These are just top headlines and a little bit of Ohio sports. And we're going to dive into the main topic here shortly. It's going to be big, boys. Going to be big. And this one right here, the pre-topic of the topic, is pretty big itself. Baseball announcer Tom Brenneman found a new surreal way to ruin a public apology. We're not going to talk about what happened, and we're not going to, and we're going to talk about the apology in mid-game, and then he breaks away from the apology into the home run. I mean, I understand he is, uh, he's also a fan, too, while he's announcing. I'm sure he's a big Cincinnati Reds fan. They, I think they hit a home run during the play as he was trying to apologize. There's a lot of takes on this guy. There's a lot of takes on how, why, 
he said all these things. I don't know him personally. I don't know how he is. Uh, we all, coming from a labor-intensive background, you hear a lot of things. We say a lot of things. We joke around about a lot of things. I'm going to keep it vague for reasons of not getting myself in trouble or anything like that or someone judging me accordingly. But if you know me, you've, you, I'm sure you've heard me say some things. But there's, all, there's always people but with friends and, and family and colleagues or whatever that, you know, we say all stuff to each other in uh, jest. So, I don't, uh, I'm not trying to downplay what he did. I mean, you're, you're, at a, you're in a public spotlight. You are on national televised you know, the Cincinnati Reds, you're, in a, you're, you're getting, you're under a microscope, really, when you're in a public eye. And one person might get offended for what you, a sentence that you say or a word that you say, and another person will think it's funny. That's just the way we, the life we live, and it's always been like that. Now, when you're with your buddies and with your friends, you can say whatever the heck you want to. But as for this, professional scenario and I understandable that he probably did not know that he was live he used a vulgar slur towards I'm trying to put this lightly without saying the actual term but it was a derogatory term towards uh, I don't I can't even really say but it was it was a homophobic uh, language. So, yeah, Fox Sports Ohio play-by-play broadcaster Tom Brennan revealed himself to be to be un, to be comfortable using homophobic language. Torpedoed his career and delivered what might have been the most somber home run call ever on the span of a few hours during Wednesday's doubleheader between the Cincinnati Reds and the Kansas City Royals. The slur in question came out of Brenneman's mouth during the first game of that doubleheader. The announcer who believed his mic was off referred to somewhere as one of... Uh, I can't. It says it here, but it's the cap... It's an F word, capital of the world. Uh, it's unclear what place Brenneman was referring to. The Reds didn't respond to a request for clarification. After a four-second pause, he then read a promo for the Reds pregame show. And there is a Twitter video by some guy named Jom Boy right here. Slate.com is what I'm under looking at this. It's sad. Um... It's, I don't know, it's just sad to see. It's, it happens a lot anymore. Um, you can't, you gotta watch how you say certain things, how you come across in a certain way, because it seems like everybody's out to, it seems like just everybody's out to get you. I don't, and I don't know what else to say. Um, not, not like, not like that, not to be, Oh, you can't say anything. You can't say anything. It's almost like that point. I used to say, 
to my dad and my brother when we were younger, there's going to be a point in time in our society where we're going to be walking around. No one's going to even be able to wave at anybody. No one's going to be able to talk to anybody. No one's going to be able to, you know, say hi or anything to anyone without someone getting offensive. This is taking it to an to an extreme now, but I'm, I'm saying it's almost getting there because I remember a time when we were younger, not that long ago, folks, when we would be in this supermarket, the grocery store, and you would walk when you're getting something in an aisle and you look at somebody and they make eye contact to you, you would say hello to them. How are you? How's your day going? I know, young generation, that blows your mind because you're just sitting there looking at your phones while you're scrolling around the grocery store or you're just on your you know, Kroger.com and you're getting your delivery sent to you. And there's, it's just, there's no uh, social, socially active anything towards anybody unless it's on social media. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous when you're sitting there, like say you're in a doctor's office. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, there's people all around you, but there was a time, young generation, that you'd actually talk to the person next to you. And it blows your mind, doesn't it? It's crazy. It wasn't that long ago. I know I'm taking it to another kind of path, but this is where I wanted to talk about and kind of sit We're here for a second. Because we're at, as a generation, of social media, kids, young adults. We are not even interacting with each other. We're interacting with technology. It's sickening. It's disheartening. I know we I, I applaud technology. Yes, it's great. Yes, it's, it's good. It's fun. But it also is taking away from families. It's taking away from friends and neighbors. I haven't, I don't even talk to my neighbor. I don't even, I don't think I ever have anyway, but that's a whole nother conversation. But it's just, I don't know. I'm trying to, let's get upbeat, but we can't because the next topic is even more gloomier. We're gonna dive into some gloom today on a Friday. Okay, the topic of the day. If I had a drum roll, please give me some sound effects. Here we go. But I, don't, I don't know if I have any sound effects. I'm just kidding. Robert Kraft. That's all I probably have to say. Robert Kraft. Oh, I know there are, I have some friends that are New England fans. I'm sorry, I never have been, never will be, and I don't like them at all. I've said previously, I do hate New England Patriots. I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hate is a very strong word. But I don't like them. Ask me why, I do not know. It's just, I I never liked them back in the day when the, they were just mean. I didn't like I didn't like how they were. They were, they always would just play dirty. And I just, like Mike Tomlin, Look at him. All you gotta do is look at him. He just looks like he just wants, he's just playing dirty. Illegal. New England, same way. Even worse. Okay, Yahoo Sports. Robert Kraft. In a major twist, prostitution case against Robert Kraft may protect citizens from unchecked police surveillance. 
Then this is an article for, uh, from Charles Robinson. I probably won't go into this article, but I'm just giving him props on here on Yahoo Sports. Maybe one of these days I'll be one of these guys doing these articles. Be awesome. But as for what happened, I'm sure that everybody probably knows, or if you do not know, Robert Kraft was caught. Video, there was video evidence of him in, in a like Chinese or whatever, I don't want to say that, maybe Orient, let's just say Oriental um, massage parlor. And there was lewd acts done to him. This Now, these are facts, okay? Facts. You can get two sides to this. I mean, I've talked to other people today that have either been on my side or against my side, but I'm not going to tell you what my side is, but there are two sides to this. There's a side where this guy's using his money and power and fame and billions and billions of dollars to say, hey, here's money. Let's just, we'll just throw money at it and it'll go away. And you got to look at it. Okay. There, the, all this, this little petty compared to Robert Kraft, this little petty police station trying to get uh, video evidence and put him away. You know, they're not, they don't have any fight in this so and then on the other side uh, what would be the other side of it would be that it's it's the, the video evidence I'm just talking about the video evidence now the other side the video evidence it would be illegal because there was not a proper warrant to issue this video. Because there was not, it wasn't just him that they had videoed. They, they hid the video camera in there. It was a lot of, uh, there was male and female people getting massages and all that stuff. But it was, I think it was all male that got endings. Um, trying to be as nice as I can about that. Um, 95% did, only 5% did not receive anything like that. Um, so, like on that video evidence thing that we're talking about, I can't, I don't know. I'm kind of I don't know if I can go left or right. I kind of kind of on the fence or whatever. But if you get like just like what they use when they when there's a drug raid, they use video. For that, I don't know if that, that maybe there was a proper protocol and licensing or whatever they have to do warrants to get for that, but maybe they did it. They didn't do it by the book, and this is why it's getting thrown out. So it's basically Robert Kraft did this, and it's a ho hum. The other, I don't even want to talk about the other scenario. Is if the the sex trafficking, what if that was involved? Because all this is going on right now anyways with this pedophilia and the sex trafficking is huge. In Ohio, it's bad. All over the country, it's bad. What if that happened and it just got totally dismissed? Another rich person throws money at a situation and it goes away. 
Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're teaching our kids? Is that what we're teaching our society? That whatever, if you, if you are rich or inherited money and you have a bunch of money, you can do whatever you want, legally, illegally, anything, and you can get away with it as long as you throw money at it. Is that what we're teaching our kids nowadays? Robert Kraft, as I will talk to you right now, Mr. Kraft, as a billionaire, as someone that made an organization into a franchise dynasty, you are looked and scrutinized and microscoped in your life. Why? Would you jeopardize that for something so frivolous that might ruin your legacy? And it probably has, and it probably will. And anytime I hear a name Robert Kraft, I'm going to be thinking about this situation and what he did. Is he going to step down? Probably not. Is he going to have all his billions? Yes, he will. Will he die with billions of dollars? No, he will not. Because you can't take it with you. This is what people seem to forget. You, When you die, you do not take the money with you. You might leave it as an inheritance to the rest of your family, correct. But all the selfish needs and selfish desires that these people try to fight for and strive for will go away and it will be done. So, Mr. Kraft... Thank you for being a uh, well-rounded citizen. (laughs) Uh, Sarcasm goes a long way. Oh my goodness, I just... It's disgusting. Especially on top of everything else. It's... It's just disgusting. So... We're going to make all this negativity and all this down, down, down plan has just brought us all down into a funk today. Welcome to Happy Friday. Um, But on another note, I'm going to try to, here we go, try to end it on something funny here. I've been looking through a little bit of funny, weird sports news that's going on in the world today. And we're going to, we found ourselves looking at, found ourselves? What am I? Talking to myself within myself? That's weird. But anyway. Oh, there's, this is an older, this is a year ago, but it is kind of funny. Um, bright, this is a United. It's a, it's not not United States. Soccer, Brighton star relying on his lucky toilet for win over Manchester United at Old Trafford. I guess you have to be some kind of big time soccer sports guy to understand all that. But Brighton is a team. Toilet is his actual toilet, and Manchester United is a team. Old Trafford. I don't know what that is. It might be the city or it might be the stadium that they play in. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Shane Duffy admits his away game toilet superstition is weird, but Brighton won't care if it helps beat United. So that's pretty cool. 
Okay, Shane Duffy is the guy that has this lucky toilet. Let's look a little further into this story. Shane Duffy has revealed one of the most bizarre superstitions in football, soccer, for America. Everybody else in the world, it's football, yes. Uh, His lucky toilet. He picks a cubicle when he arrives at an away dressing room and then religiously ensures he only uses only that one for the rest of the day. Uh, It will be the same old, same at Old Trafford when Albion visit on Saturday looking for a third win in a row over Manchester United with Duffy following a routine that has brought Brighton three away wins in league and cup and him through goals on the road. He says it started a couple of years ago. Um, then he says, I, I like to pick a lucky toilet at away games. So there you go. Let's end it on a funny note. Brighton star Shane Duffy likes uh, his lucky toilet on away games. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks for everybody out there supporting me. I really do appreciate it. Again, this is on Spotify. I'm going to send it to everybody that I can. And also, I have a YouTube channel. Everything's the same name. AJ Let's Talk Sports. August 21st, 2020. Thank you again and have a blessed night.